Welcome to the fourth episode of Brain Pain Podcast. This episode is on arguments for theism. I hope you enjoy it. Alright, so we're talking about uh, theism and arguments for it and against it, I guess. Yeah, probably so, more for it. Probably more for <laughs> it. Because... Uh, I know more of those arguments, I guess, but I know some of the arguments against, I suppose. And there are some pretty good ones, somewhat compelling ones, but I find the ones, the arguments for theism to be more compelling, personally. Um, Because I feel like they, at least the ones I've heard, they go a little deeper. But that's just my perspective. What do you mean by they go deeper? Like, Like, they go to the very root of how to know things and like the okay. very basic parts of philosophy the most basic you can go it, they get down to that level well at least so, i feel like they do yeah i think if you want to use i mean imperialism it's hard to argue for god but if you want to use empiricism philo- yeah if you want to use yeah. philosophy it's actually almost easier yeah but empiricism but, is f- you can't that's not a self-sustaining yeah. philosophy. I no. mean, you can't. It's not. So, but it doesn't really I make don't know sense. What that is. Go ahead. And it's like it's like modern science and well, judging. well, it's viewing no. the world and like if it's tr- empiricism is basically if you can test it and prove it in the physical world. Yeah, that's okay. the way it is. Observe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically it, it's. Fair, it's pretty materialistic in my mind. It's basically just if you can see it, observe it, and verify with your senses that it's real. That's how. That's the standard of what's real. So if I guess. if there's something outside of that, it's not real. Yeah. Essentially. Essentially, yes. Which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So modern. The, the difference between that and modern science, I would say, or, or at least the idea of science, is that science at least doesn't claim to know anything about what it know anything about beyond what it can test. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't claim like one way or the other, like this is not real because we can't test it. It's just saying we can test this thing and so we're going to do science on this thing. And well, then the, everything else we can't do science on, has, so we don't have an opinion. It has become very much, you can test it so it's real. Like, we live that way a lot. Yeah, yeah, but science is supposed to be unbiased on things that it can't test. Yeah. Yes. But people have started well, it's to... it's supposed to be unbiased on everything and just... Well, yeah, yeah, you're right, it. you're right. But I mean, like, not have, a, well. not have a um, decision made, you know, yeah. about supernatural things or things that it immaterial things where empiricism claims to say if it can't be tested then it's not real Mm -hmm. and i think that that's flawed because you can't test you can't physically see and test and observe the idea of empiricism so apparently it's not real that's where it breaks down you know because the idea of empiricism is an is an immaterial thing that exists only in human minds and you can't test or observe that in the physical world. So that idea, by its own logic, is false. Or isn't real, at least. So that's where yeah. empiricism breaks down. Hmm. 
Whereas science, it doesn't claim to say that other stuff is not real. So science actually, science as an idea actually admits that there are immaterial things because it, it believes in, or the scientific method requires that there be laws, immaterial laws of, of nature, laws of logic that govern the world. And those things can't on their own be tested and observed. But they, but they play into how we test and observe things in the real world. So, so the scientific method actually does allow for immaterial things that play into the natural world. And that's actually one of the arguments that I want to talk about that is an argument for at least, not necessarily the Christian God, although it, I think it can be extended into that, but it's at least an argument for a supernatural creator. Okay. So the reason for that is so if we had if we I would assume so let's say do you want to argue sure. for the opposite? I'll, I'll, I'll be the bad guy. Okay, you'd be it. the bad guy. The bad guy. <laughs> okay. So um you would assume that there are laws of logic and laws of nature that govern how we should think and how we should proceed in the real world. Would you not? Um, I would say maybe not laws, but ways that have proven to be effective that would continue being used. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, so you you say that because thing. Okay. So that so you do agree that there is a law that if things have proven effective in the fa- in the past, they will continue to prove effective in the future. Yes. So that that's is a law. Obser- that's observable, though. You, like, but you can't observe that because you can't observe the future. Well, but the fact that we can test things and they measure the same from now to the future to tomorrow, that you could argue that the uh, that that would work. Yes, but you can't. You can't say that it's going to work tomorrow. You can't say it for sure. But if you continually test that way, you're pretty positive well but there's no reason for it to well yeah i mean is there i mean unless there is well i think that's one of the basic scientific laws is that exactly testing is the same exactly and that's an assumption that we make is that because we can see something happen in the past and predict things in the future and those things come true we can expect that to be the case in the future yeah. And that's something that science assumes. Mm-hmm. And so that is categorically a law. and But, but it's okay. something that's immaterial and can't be tested because we can't see the future. Okay. So that is one law that I would say that you have to agree with, not. Yeah. I mean, if you don't agree with that, then we can't really have a discussion. Well, yeah, because empiricism falls apart if you can't. Well, the scientific method falls yeah, apart. Everything falls apart. Yeah. So that's one law that I think we can both agree on. And I would call that the law of uniformity is that things are uniform across time. Not, not as in they're exactly the same, but things that have been, whoops, things that have been, um, predicted and have come true can expect to come true in the future. Okay. With like, you know, experiments or whatever. Yeah. So, so if we accept that there are laws that are immaterial so we've now accepted that there are things beyond the material world. So there's okay. 
I don't know that you could call that supernatural, but you could at least call it immaterial. So it's getting closer, maybe. Well, I don't know that if you're saying there is, there's a possibility of it. There's a possibility. Because it, like, I think they would say it's not um, something like it's, it hasn't happened. There's a possibility it could happen, right? So it's more likely. Yes. So you, so you're saying that because it's a, it's we a make probability argument, not a truth argument for them. I think. Okay, but why is it more likely? Because it mean, has. It, that's the way it has happened. But why does that have any bearing on the future? Because in the past, it had bearing on the future of the present. Yes, but that doesn't say anything about the future. No, our future. So why should it have any bearing? Why should we expect things to be more? Like, just because it ha- worked back here, why should it work in our future or be more probable to work? Why should it have any bearing? Why should the past have any bearing on the future? Well, I don't, I don't know how to uh, state this well, but it's, it's just like, I don't know. It's kind of the basis of empiricism is that yeah, you, it is like, Things are testable, and it, if it has happened, then it's more likely to ha- happen again. Yeah. If you don't change things, and yeah. there's no outside force on it, mm-hmm. they happen the same way. Yeah. There. Yes, and that's something that I agree with. Yeah. That's and that's how we do science. Yep. But you can't prove that, you because you cannot test that, like categorically cannot test that because you can't be in the future. Okay. So just because so if you say oh yeah we can because we saw things happen in the past and then we saw in the future that they worked well that all happened in the past yeah. you know so that's why it doesn't work so we we assume that the past has a bearing on the future we assume that things are uniform mm-hmm. over time so that's one thing that we assume so we I would say that everybody assumes at least that law and I would say they assume a lot more too but I would say that everybody assumes at least that one so if we we're going to assume that way, well, okay, let me bring up another law. So that instead of this being about science, this is more about logic. So well, it's kind of about science too, I guess. So if you so let's say something happens, something A happens, would you say that that was caused by something? Are you saying the argument for cause and effect? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. What is um, do we assume the law of cause and effect? I mean, a lot of philosophers say yes. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of people actually do assume, like, there. there's a very, I actually just read part of Nietzsche was talking about this, and he's like, he criticizes uh, philosophers for assuming cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that is an assumption that people make. Yeah. And, okay, I believe, I mean, I believe that's a justified assumption, but it's because I have a justification for it. Now, if you, so I guess I kind of got off topic a little bit, but. So, well, but I think the main justification for it is empiricism. Yeah, like uniformity. Yes. Yeah. That those tie into each other. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they do because we've all we've seen it always happen that things yes. are always caused by something so it will continue that way in the future. Yes. So it's kind of always that 
uniformity is kind of a basic assumption for everything. So, um, I guess I kind of got off topic, but okay. So you make these assumptions. So we all make these assumptions, but would you agree that if you make an assumption without any basis for that assumption, um, that's irrational? Uh, yes, but there are a lot of people who make assumptions knowing their assumptions and point out that their assumption, that's not irrational. That's, uh, living as if though something's true because it appears to benefit. Okay. It's still a, I mean, technically it's still irrational though. It is. I mean, I, I would think that that's kind of the definition of irrational to just assume something is true with no basis for. Okay. Thinking that that's true. Okay, so if we, if you're making these assumptions, what is the basis for those assumptions? And I would argue that nobody has a basis for the those assumptions except in the supernatural. I guess. Would you? Would what you do agree? You mean maybe by or? supernatural. In so that sense? so, if we have so. Okay, if you have a basis for these assumptions, so let's say it's statement A, um, that statement needs a basis. So that leads to statement B is the basis for statement A. Well, where does that statement, I mean, doesn't that need a basis? So it's kind of, it becomes an infinite regression. And I'm sure you've heard about, yes, you know what infinite regression is. Yeah. So in order for, so something both simultaneously has to give a basis for these assumptions while also being it. So it it does not continue into an infinite regression. It needs to be the basis for all these statements or assumptions while also being the basis for itself. Yeah. But again, you're assuming another law that, uh, infinite regression is not necessary or is not possible. Yeah. I am assuming that you're right. And right. So that's that's actually a very big thing that a lot of people argued about for a long time was because that was a big argument for yeah. God was infinite regressions were yeah. impossible. And that's basically kind of what my argument hinges on is infinite yeah. regression. So what were you going to say about it? No, I just, it's, yeah, it's an infinite regression argument. Yeah. The flaw in it is that you're assume you're making an assumption that yes. an infinite regression is not possible yeah well not possible or has to not be has to not be the case yes well okay so why couldn't it be an infinite why couldn't it be because then nothing would have a basis okay but you're assuming that on a law of beginnings and ends which is what do you mean observed like what do you mean so why can't things just regress infinitely because that would be irrational why because there, none none of those statements would have an ultimate basis. Like they, it would it? all be irrational assumption. Or er, yeah, it would it? all be an irrational assumption. Because so there's no it, end point where. Is it as much of an assumption to think that there is an end as there isn't? Um. There no, it's not because well, and I haven't gotten to completely the end of my argument because okay. when you get to the end you find that the end both justifies everything else while also justifying itself. Okay. And 
So now you're going to say that's a circular argument? Yeah. Probably. Yes, you are. Why is a circular argument bad? Well, I think it's the same question about whether an infinite, an infinite regression, regression is bad. Yeah. Like it's, it, we assume that it's bad. Yeah. I, I don't think it's the same thing quite because so circular reasoning is both. It actually is technically both valid and sound in some cases. So if in, I, let's say I'm trying to say, um, like that cup is, uh, uh, it's two years old because the bag it came from said it's two years old or no, it's, uh, that cup is two years old because the bag I got it out of from is two years old. Yeah. And I know that the bag is two years old because the cup I got out of it's two years old. Like, yeah. That's a bad argument. It, it's, but it's perfectly valid and perfectly sound. But I can put any number on that. You're right. And it's not accurate. Well, but it's still, va- it's still technically valid and sound. How so? Because it, because, okay, so if you're saying statement A because statement B and statement B because statement A, those are, they're actually, they actually work together in their own way. Now, the reason we don't like it is because it doesn't prove anything. Because no. you're, you're assuming what you're proving. They, they prove that the, all they, all that they prove is that they're contingent on each other. Exactly. Exactly. So my argument is that we have, we ultimately we will reach an end in this infinite regression of assumptions, an end which is contingent on itself. And that's not, it's not a problem. Then the only reason it's not a problem is because while being contingent on itself, everything else is also contingent on it. So it provides the basis for everything else while also providing the basis for itself. I mean, it's just, you're essentially trying to say that it infinite, I mean, this is Aquinas' argument, is that there's an uncaused causing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess yours is kind of unique in that you would say the cause caused itself. Well, okay, I don't, or yeah, I don't want to say. that wasn't caused. Okay, Cause is a little bit, I'm thinking more in a logical sense. So like you can, I guess there's a correlation between cause and. Well, so we're in, in a regress. Yeah. There's causes and effects. Yeah. So is that what you're talking about? Well, no, no, I'm actually talking about infinite regression of statements and well, really assumptions and trying to find a basis for those statements and infinitely regressing forever and ever. Where, whereas an infinite, re- usually when you talk about an inf- infinite regression, you're right. You talk about cause and effect. Yeah. And that's not quite actually what I'm talking about. So I'm not really saying so you're, that the, you're saying there's an infinite regression of ideas that are contingent upon each other. Exactly. Yes. Okay. And yeah, that's basically. Well, what so I'm can't can't it all lead to a point where there's an idea that is not based on anything? Well, yes, but wouldn't that be irrational then? Yeah. So then everything is irrational. Pretty much. Okay. Well, yeah, if you want to accept that, that's fine. If you want to say that your point of view is irrational, that's fine. Yeah, I think so. 
I think it's hard to reason to any one argument being right. Yes, but you can so, reason that it's rational or not. You can, yes, but you can, I guess the best way to put it is you can rank order stuff as to degrees of rational, like how rational they are. Yeah, probably. So, and if you can, I guess the um, the argument that most atheists would make is that the uh, the so I guess if you have a whole bunch of ideas that are based on something that's illogical, mm-hmm. but then the ideas work, doesn't it prove the validity of the first claim? No. No, it doesn't at all. Because you just said that it's illogical. Yeah, but doesn't it make it more probable that it could be true? No, because that probability has no bearing on whether something is logical or not. Yes, but if you choose an illogical argument that's false, most likely the end is not going to be beneficial. Yeah, but can you have an illogical argument that's true? Well, I don't know that you can have an argument that's completely true if you're doing what you're doing. Does that Why? make sense? Well, no, I don't. So, like, I, don't get I guess, how do you have an argument that's true then? A spiritual belief? Well, now we're talking about truth not... and false versus logic and illogic. Yes. So, so yeah, I'm. I guess what I'm saying is that I'm. I'm trying to come up with a rational argument, not necessarily a true argument. I guess you could say. So okay, yeah, so that's how, why. So how do you have a rational argument? You ha- have to. Are you saying? So I guess your point is that a rational argument is one in which it proves itself. No. Well. No, a rational argument is one which has a basis on something that is true. So it does depend N- on truth. Yeah. No, that's not. Yeah, I just pulled that out of my butt. I don't know if that's actually the case. I I would say that a rational argument is something which has a basis. Okay, so what is that basis? What is that basis? Well, the basis, it's got to end somewhere. I mean... Does it? Well... I mean, we're just going in circles. Yeah, now now we're just going in circles. Well, okay, does it? Does it? Does an infinite regression... Can you always just assume things forever... I mean, I don't think you can. Well, but it's the same point that you brought up at the very beginning, which was that I couldn't have a, uh, I couldn't have a belief based on what I was viewing, because, or based on its success, because, I guess I kind of forget how you worded it, but it, um, like the whole thing of uniformity. Yeah. So you can't. You can't expect the past to have any bearing on. I mean, you, there's no yeah, you testable can, reason that why the past should have a bearing on the future. That's yes. an assumption that you have to make. Yes, I would also yeah. say that it's the exact same assumption you're making that you can't have an infinite regress. An unprovable assumption, or uh, like unbased. You can't. Assumption. You can't go back forever to find out what happened. No, can't. I'm not going back forever. I'm ending. Exactly. But you can't say that it has to end because 
Like you have, in order to say that it has to end, you have to have been able to see every step. I don't know about that. Why? Why is that? Otherwise, why does it need to end? Because if it never ends, then nothing has a basis. Okay. Does it need a basis? Well, that's the idea of rationality. That's what my idea of rationality is, is that you're not just making an un, unfounded assumption, an arbitrary assumption. You actually have a reason for why you think are making that assumption. Okay, so I guess if you're saying that, then there are no rational uh, rational views. Like, I don't know that you no. can truly say something's true rationally. Um. Well, okay... Is truth is rationality the same as truth? Well, ration didn't didn't you say rationality was? Well, I did, based but I don't truth? know. Well, I don't know what I believe about that. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, That's something that we have to talk about. Isn't that the purpose of rationality is to arrive at truth? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Otherwise, but, does it matter if it's irrational? Like if it, if. Or if rationality does not indicate truth, does it matter if it's a rational argument? Um, or does it matter if it's more well, true? <laughs> define matter. I mean, no, because I don't care about things that aren't true. But it's still rational. So it's still... Okay. So rational is things have a basis. So you could actually probably construct a whole rational reality that does have a basis that is completely false yeah but it still has the structure where is it where but if you give the if the basis becomes true then the whole structure becomes true i would say but at least yeah. but if it's irrational then it doesn't have any of that structure so i guess i guess what i'm saying is that all I can say is that I have a rational argument for the existence of something beyond the natural world. Okay, well, but if that's... Not necessarily I true. I guess if that's the argument... I guess your definition of uh, a rational argument, then I guess you could make an argument that it doesn't matter if it's rational. How so? Well, so if it, so, what what is your goal of a belief system? Is it rationality? Is it truth? Is it utility? Is it... Like what? What? What do you want? Um, it's <laughs> good question. I would say I want truth, but I don't even know how to define truth. So, I mean, I would agree the purpose is to get truth. Yeah. But there's, I don't know. There's almost a more valid argument for utility over truth, but I don't think we need to get into that. Well, we can. Okay, that's fine. Um. We've talked about it, though, I feel like. I think we, we have, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty um, sure we have talked about it. But, no, so, if your goal is truth, then it doesn't matter if it's rational or not. It matters more if it's true. But a rational, ar the more rational your argument is, the more likely it could be true. Well, I, d I don't think, I think rationality is a is a necessary but insufficient um, basis for truth. Or condition. It's a necessary but insufficient case condition for truth. So what I mean by that is something can't be true and irrational, but it can be rational and untrue. Yes. So, so yes, I could... 
So you can't have truth if it's irrational, is what I'm saying. So if I can get to the rational, I'm one step towards truth that way, you know? Yeah. Because if I know that it's irrational, or if I know that it's rational, then at least I know I can have truth. If it's irrational, then I can't have truth. Okay. I can't know it's true. At least that's my understanding of how the world works. Yeah, I mean, that that's... I would say that's right. But, so how do you get... or so, I guess the question we have left is how can you, um, I don't know how to, how to put this. So, how do you know, I guess, your, so your argument basically proves that there is uh, something that proves itself. Yeah, and that's what I need to explain. Yeah, go yeah. into that a little bit. Okay, so... Well, okay, this actually is, this is a Christian argument. This is for a Christian God. There are other, other arguments that argue for just the supernatural, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the infinite regression argument, and I can we can go into that too later. But this, this argument actually that I'm making is for the Christian God, and so how, how God proves himself is through the Bible. So he spoke his word and his revelation and the Bible is his revelation. And in the Bible, it says that God is true. So it's kind of that circular argument thing, right? But also in the Bible, it gives a basis for uniformity. It gives a basis for morality. It gives a basis for the laws of logic and all those assumptions that we make that we can't really prove. Okay. So that's how it's, it's circular, but it's also like it's a circle, but then it has branches splitting off that give us the basis for what we understand as reality. And where so the one one thing I should say is that it it says it gives a basis for uniformity in the verse where it says, um, where after the flood it says that he will have things continue as they are, and the future will resemble the past, basically like. Things will, you know, the seasons will come and the days will come and they'll all, the sun will rise and set and all that kind of stuff. And that, that gives us a basis for assuming that, you know, we, for assuming uniformity, that verse, that's one verse. And then the other verse is, um, I can't think of it right now. I should have been more prepared, but there is a verse, I think in Isaiah that gives us a basis for the laws of logic. And then there's, there's other verses too. Like it's not just those two, but, but it gives us a basis. And I should, I actually should know that because that's part of my argument. And I don't know that as well, but I know that they're there. So I'd like to try and understand this a little bit better. So I guess simplified as much as I can. Your argument is that, um, in order, if you believe that, basically an empiricism which is that the physical world right mm-hmm. um the fact that you can predict the future based on the present is uh a logical argument because it's not provable you can't observe it yeah yeah and then um in order to have or in order to not have an infinite regression of ideas Mm -hmm. 
you have to uh, have something that, I guess, is sufficient in itself. Yeah, is contingent on itself, yes. Yes, and that the reason you need... That's the crux. Yeah. That's the crux. I, I would say... I would say, and I don't know that... I haven't thought this through, but I would say that you can't have an infinite regression of assumptions because then nothing... I mean, you can't have a rational infinite regression of assumptions because then there's nothing... There's no basis There's no it. basis. It just keeps going forever, you know? There's no end point. So that's what I would say. But yeah, maybe, but if maybe you I'm can't, wrong. If you can't prove the first... The thing that's contingent on itself, then that's not rational either. Like, if you can't observe that... If you can't observe it? Yeah. Isn't that the point is you have to observe no no i don't have to observe i don't have to observe my assumptions i can just assume them yeah but But i should have a basis for you should have a basis for exactly but my basis is contingent on itself and so i assume that because it's a rational assumption does that make sense okay so i guess your argument the way that you've find a rational assumption that's the only rational assumption possible that yes is something that is contingent on itself contingent on itself yeah yeah essentially so that that's why i argue that and there's okay i guess this is kind of a bad argument but i'm gonna say it anyway (laughs) there's nothing in this world that i can observe that can be contingent on itself, like that can be self-proving. No. Like like God, or at least the Christian God. And like there's not even other... Reli- I mean, maybe like, maybe Islam, because I guess you could say... It's the same thing, like initially. You could, you like could say the same, same thing. It's same all is contingent yeah. on himself, I suppose. But does he give us a basis to assume all these other things? I mean, I don't really know. I, I guess I haven't studied them, but I, I do know that the, the Christian God at least is one that is rational because it gives you a reason to assume all these other things that are that are essential. I mean, we need the law of uniformity in order to function in the world, so yeah. we need to assume it. So can you take laws in the reverse and observe that they're useful and then use them? Yes, but it's not necessarily rational. It's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. And perfectly utilitarian and maybe even good. Yeah. But it's not rational, I wouldn't say. Okay. So if you if you want yeah. So my thing is all these other arguments are fine and good, but at the root of it, they're irrational. Because they assume things that they have no basis for. Is essentially what I'm saying. And this argument for the Christian God gives a basis for all those things that isn't okay. irrational. I mean, it doesn't prove anything, but... It, no, it doesn't. You're right. Like it, it's just... I guess it, the only thing it proves is that it could work. Like it. Yeah. There's a framework there. Yeah. So that if he, if God is true, then all of the corollaries are true. Because the framework is all there. It's like... It's like if there's... You have this whole plumbing system 
But if there's no water from the pump, it's going to be empty. But if it's true and there's water from the pump, then it's going to be full of stuff. All the branches and, and elbows and joints are going to be full of water. So that's my idea. All right. So did you follow any of that, Hunter? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think I got I don't really have anything to add, though. Really? I don't know. You don't have any, like, counter-arguments? Or questions? Yeah. I feel like we probably skipped over a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Probably. Oh, know. yeah. It all makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's other stuff. And I didn't come up with that argument. No. I'm not that smart. But it made a lot of sense to me, and so that's what I choose to believe, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but we could talk about uh, infinite regression as far as cause and effect. Okay. And how that... We can do that. You wanna, do you want to take that, or... I don't care. Because I, I don't want to be the only one that's talking. I, I mean... Can, I can be the devil's advocate. If you want do, me you, do you I know anything know. about that argument? No, not really. Okay. I don't know anything. Um... <laughs> Hunter just here to learn. All right, yeah. so <laughs> there's, I guess this is the Thomas Aquinas argument okay. for, so in order for anything to, there's cause and effect yeah. is true, right? Yeah. If I, I mean, hit pool well, ball okay, yeah. A, it hits pool ball B, goes in the hole. Mm-hmm. So in order to get something in the hole, you have to hit the first two balls. Okay. And there's a stick and then there's the force and you can keep tracing it back. Yeah. Right. So there's my hand is like when I shoot it, that's the last effect, but then there's an effect on me. Like yeah. what caused me, right? Yeah. So in order to not have an infinite regression of causes and effects, there has to be at some point something that caused something without being caused itself. Well, and why can't there be an infinite regression though? Exactly. Like so don't aren't we assuming that and why do we want to assume that because why couldn't you just go back like for infinity because like there's the theory that the big so there's the big bang but there's a theory that the singularity that that came from actually was created from a collapsed universe a, a collapsed space time yeah so that just goes on forever so couldn't there be an infinite regression well if you were to assume that it's a valid argument that there is um yeah, I don't know that there's a good way to answer that problem because yeah. it appears like I mean you would the first thing that you think of like when you think of oh that's not possible there has to be a beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I guess we built our structure around beginnings and ends. Mhm. And that's how we understand the world. That's how we understand the world. Yeah. So we've kind of mapped that onto it and if that's true then there has to be something that wasn't caused and Aquinas would say that's God, whether that's the God of the Bible or yeah, it's something supernatural. It's just a force that did it. Yeah, but it's got to be something supernatural, because in the natural world, there's nothing that I know of that could not have a cause. Well, in order for it to be natural, it has to um, live in an environment, right? Yeah. So. It well, couldn't cause the environment. No, it doesn't have to live. Contingent. It doesn't have to live. It, well, it has just to be, be a, there. It has to just exist in the natural world and be observable. Yes. So yeah. in order for something to exist in the natural world, there has to be a natural world. So yeah. 
there's not really a good way for you to say that it's in the natural world and created the natural world. Oh, yeah. So the thing that caught... Why does the natural so world have to have a cause? The computer can't create itself, right? That's... No, but why does the natural world have to have a cause? Like, why can't it be the uncaused causer? So... Just the world itself, the universe. I mean, you could make that argument, but Aquinas would say then that that is God. The universe is then God. Okay. That's how he would define it. Okay. So... It's not really an argument for any specific it's deity. Not, yeah, it's not an argument for one god or even, like, it could be... Even a personal Multiple god. gods. It, yeah. Okay, it could be whatever. But it's got to be something that's not bound by that law of cause and yes. effect. But I do think it has to be outside the physical universe because things can't be their own causes, right? So... When, well, unless they can. I mean, because why, why can't the universe just have always been it could why does it why does it need a cause so i guess there's if you continue going back if we observe that there are i mean there's no good way to answer this like it's not there is a flaw and that is assuming that an infinite regress has to end yeah yeah. But I yeah, still think right. if you say that it does have to end, then you can't have something causing itself. Yeah. You have to have something that is outside of the physical universe because, causing the physical universe. And that's because everything everything that's natural is governed by the law of cause and effect. Yeah. So the natural world is governed by the law of cause and effect and so can't have created itself or yes. at least can't have been uncaused. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I actually kind of want to talk about this, because okay. this is something that a lot of people don't understand. So, yeah, um, there's always a thing where it's like, okay, so God created the world, right? Where did God come from? Because it's the same argument. Yeah. Well, he's right? the uncaused causer. He's the uncaused causer. Yeah. So, it's actually, if if people ever ask you, where did God come from? It's actually like, kind of a good question to be asked because there's a great answer and it's yeah well actually there's a flaw if you don't think there's something outside the world causing it yeah so unless there isn't i mean you're saying there's a flaw because it's an infinite regress yes but who's to say that an infinite regress is a flaw it might not be yeah but it appears that we use it like we we it's like how we think about the world. It's for how some we reason. it's how we observe the world. Yeah. So, it seems to be true. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, it's always like. There's not. I guess the best way to look at it is let's say that God is a computer programmer, right? Mm-hmm. So or builder, he's building a computer, right? Okay. So the computer, God's not in the computer. Yeah. He's outside the computer. Building the computer. Mm-hmm. So God is not bound by time, space, and matter. Yeah. He's outside of that creating it. Mm-hmm. So but even asking the question, what was before God, is a flawed question. Yeah. Because there wasn't anything. Like, it wasn't time. 
you, before doesn't make sense because before no doesn't work line. when there's not time. Exactly. Unless yeah. he's just a computer program and another guy. <laughs> another guy's computer. <laughs> Infinite regress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know that there's anything. Why, okay, why do we assume that an infinite regress is impossible? I guess it's because we observe that things have ends. But we're just a tiny speck in this I know, timeline. Like, why do we should we expect that what we observe... We shouldn't. ...is how reality... And it's a really big flaw because there were a lot of people, like, like philosophers for a long time just yeah. assumed that infinite regresses weren't possible. Weren't possible? Yeah. Yeah. And they, like... They didn't know how to respond to Aquinas, and they yeah. didn't know what to do. And and then Nietzsche was like, Nietzsche was like, oh, "You idiots! <laughs> you this doesn't have to happen." Yeah, but that okay, but yeah. When did Nietzsche live? I don't remember. Uh, when did he die? Or just I think he died like thirty turn. years before World War Two or something. I don't know. So like early nineteen hundreds. Early nineteen hundreds. Okay. Like. So he I wouldn't think have most been of his work would have been like 1880s or something would have been when he wrote most of his yeah. books probably. Okay. So he wouldn't have been around when they discovered the Big Bang. Or no. at least cosmic background radiation. No. Co- cosmic so. background. Isn't that what it is? Cosmic background radiation? That's what it so. is. So that so what I'm getting to is that before in his time scientists believed that that the world was in a steady state that the steady state theory, mm-hmm. um, which is basically infinite regress that the universe always had existed. Mm-hmm. Well, then they discovered, they discovered a few things. They discovered, um, that the universe was expanding for one thing because of Einstein's theories they, that helped them discover that. And then they also discovered the cosmic background, cosmic microwave background radiation. I don't remember. It's one of those. But it's something like that, which is basically the remnants of the Big Bang. So it's like the the Big Bang is still kind of, you can kind of still hear it. Here is in quotes because it's not hearing, but it's like there's a fuzz out there because of the Big Bang. And so then they realized that that steady state theory didn't make any sense because if the universe is expanding at some point, it had to have been a single point. Mm-hmm. It had to have a beginning. And so then they came out with the Big Bang model. So Nietzsche probably didn't think about that that the universe had a beginning so infinite regress doesn't really make sense. No. Because the universe is finite. So but then okay then more recently they came out with that idea that I said before where the big bang happened but it it actually came from something else and then those things are what actually get infinitely regressed so there was a whole big bang that happened in the whole cycle before and then that survived and then collapsed and then became again you know so that kind of throws the now infinite regress maybe seems possible again so i don't see any reason i guess there's no there's no reason to believe one way or the other, I guess is what I'm coming to. Yeah. It just feels more right to believe in a, in an end to something to me, but yeah. that's well, irrational. Our concept of time kind of is contingent on there being ends. Yeah. 
right? Like and if, beginnings. If time yeah. moves, it goes from somewhere to somewhere. Yeah. And that from somewhere is a beginning. Yeah. So is there not a first beginning where it originally started? Yeah. But that seems right, but there's no rational reason no. to believe that. But it does feel right in my gut. So I guess that's. I think that's a, still a good argument, but it is ultimately kind of irrational. Yeah. So, but it's does maybe it irra- well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think it does matter because if it's irrational, then it can't be true, right? Well, I don't. It, if it, you can have an irrational idea or belief if it's that irrational, turns out to that be true. turns out to be true can't you i suppose if you don't Get think lucky. through it the whole way i could just guess that if you roll a dice it's going to land on two that's not a rational way of thinking but yeah it could be true it could end up being true yeah okay yeah that's true i mean it's just using rational arguments tends to lead to truth more often yeah yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. That's that's hard. I can't, it's hard to think about for me. Cuz if it's irrational, you it's basically you're saying that you're just assuming something literally out of the blue, like there's no reason to believe what you assume. Well, you can assume it based on previous experience. Previous experience. But ultimately that's irrational unless there's a basis for believing that. You know, so, so our previous experience is cause and effect. And so we assume cause and effect. So it's, it's rational as far as our experience, but then is our experience rational, you know? So then ultimately, once you reach the, the end, then it becomes irrational. I think not. Yeah. So is there... So a truly rational belief has to be a belief. Although that doesn't make sense, because if I just if I just say that something is sufficient in itself, is it then sufficient in itself? Like it. Well, it's got to also give reasons for believing all these other things that you're assuming too. Yeah. Like, it's got to give a basis for not just itself, but also other things. So that's one condition. So a rational belief is just has to be self-sufficient, and so, it helps if it leads to other assumptions. No, it, that it we, has to. It, it has to. It yeah. has to show that assumptions you make are true. Yeah, because otherwise those assumptions are irrational. Yeah, but can't you have irrational assumptions? Well, yeah, you can if you want to, but I don't want to. I want to have rational assumptions, I guess. Okay. I mean, <laughs> maybe it all comes down to personal preference. I, I don't mean, know. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you want. Like, Yeah. Logical. I want logical. Something that's logical. Yeah. But I suppose if you don't want that, who am I to say that you're, I mean, you're, if you're wrong? I mean, I can call you illogical and I'm perfectly right, but who cares? Because if you your know? goal is utility, for example, yeah. then I'd... I really don't care if it's a rational argument. Yeah. Does it work? 
has it worked? Will it work? And it's kind of okay. a question of probability. Is it more likely to work in the future? Yeah, you're making the, all these assumptions that are unfounded, yeah. but heck, you don't care because you just care about what works. Yeah. Okay, how do you know it works? Because of past experience. Okay, and because you perceived it, right? Yeah. Well, um, why, why do your perceptions, why are they accurate? I mean, how do you know that it actually worked? Well, but my goal yeah. in utility is that it, you per, what you perceive, what you perceived is true, and yeah. then it works. Okay. Yeah. So that's a perfectly, um, ec- not ex- not acceptable, but n- and not rational, but it's a valid way of doing it's it. It's not I even think. valid. Well, it's just it's just utilitarian. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. I mean. If your goal is utility, it works. Yeah. And you've reached your goals. Yeah. I mean, it's irrational and invalid and but hey, that's not what you were looking for. Yeah. So if you're and even if your goal is truth, there might be an argument to take an irrational assumption if it appears to be true. Right? Um, well, but appearance of truth doesn't mean truth. Yes, but you can have a rational argument that's not true as well. So if it appears to be true, it's, there's a, like, is that less valuable than having a rational argument? Is, so having a, you're saying having an irrational argument that appears to be true? Yeah. Is that less valuable than a rational argument that isn't true? Or, or that has less likelihood of being, doesn't appear to be true? Um, is it, I, well, it, I mean, it depends on your goals and your values, obviously. Yeah. But, but if you personally, yes, your I think it's less truth, valuable. If your goal is truth. Does appearance of truth matter more than how rational the belief is? No, no. Because you need the rationality in order to have the truth. Okay. In my mind. Because my goal is I want the truth. So I need that rationality. But if, you, if you're well, the goal... rationality, the rationality could be there, but you just don't observe it. Well, but you don't need to, you don't observe rationality. Well, you, you don't perceive it with your mind. You don't know, you don't perceive it. You just, it, you it's reason there it, and you it was, reason it you with your right. mind. You reason it with your mind. Like, yeah, just but did. can't you, uh, can't you have a belief that's true that you didn't reason your way to? Um, yes, but that would just be by mere happenstance. Yes, but if there are, so, are there not um, levels of rational beliefs, right? One belief might be more rational than another. No. It's either rational or irrational. Okay. I'm think pretty sure that's a dichotomy. Okay. I don't think there's... Yeah, I'm but, pretty sure. So does the number or amount of assumptions change the um, validity? N- not... If they're all rational... 
like if they're all based on this thing that we've reasoned out this thing that's contingent on itself then and they're all rational then that's everything there is valid and rational but if one of them isn't then the whole thing isn't rational in my opinion because you you've created this thing that's self-contingent and it and it helps you assume some of these things except for one and so it's not really well i don't know yeah i'm not sure about that actually because so i could i could believe all these things and have a ba- have them based all in god i'm going to just call this thing god because i can't think of anything else to call it um i could have all these beliefs but if and then if i have one that i don't that i haven't reasoned out so therefore it's irrational does that make that doesn't make my whole framework of reality irrational so maybe there is levels of rationality where where it's well, like it, a proportion of how many rational and irrational and it probably depends on your in the chain of contingencies yeah where in that chain it happens right so if you make an yeah. irrational choice at the very bottom it's probably more irrational than if you make an irrational uh, assumption at the end of your assumption. Chain. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if they're all contingent on each other and your last one happens to be irrational, then... Well, it's... but what do you mean by irrational? Because it's not even connected to the tree if it's irrational. I guess that's true, yeah. So you can't really place it anywhere on the tree. But I guess it it depends. So if you're basing some things on that... It depends on how many things you're basing on that assumption. Yes. So if you're basing most of your your whole framework of reality and 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 observing reality on that irrational assumption, then most of your framework is irrational. Okay. But if you're only basing like one or two things on it, then it's not super irrational. So yeah, I guess there is levels of irrationality. I think yeah. there is. I think that's right. Well, are there other <laughs> arguments you want to get into? Well, I mean, there's the morality argument, and okay. there's the, which isn't quite as compelling, but it, I think it's still pretty compelling. And then there's also the beauty argument, which I think is actually almost, well, it's probably just as compelling as the mor- morality. It's about the same thing. I guess probably. I don't really know what the beauty argument well, is. Well, it's, it? and I, I don't know this one near as much, but it's the whole thing of where did beauty come from? Like why are thing why are some things more beautiful than others? You know. So all right. Do you want to get into this one? Sure. All right. So sure. from an atheistic perspective, yeah. I would say that beauty comes from a number of different things. Uh obviously we value cleanliness and beauty. Mm-hmm. We value uh so it appears like symmetry is very valuable in whether things look beautiful to us or not. Yeah. Not just... Not like, always, but like, yeah. Not always, but a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, like I said, cleanliness is a major one. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these things would be uh, derived based on selection from an atheist perspective, I yeah. would think. An evolutionist yeah. perspective. Yeah. Well, okay... But then where do you, I mean, there's so many things that 
how would they possibly have any survival value like a sunset? Like, why is a sunset beautiful? Like, does that have any, any, and why are some sunsets more beautiful than others? You know, how does that have any survival value? Does know. a beautiful sunset signal good weather or bad weather or, or some kind of weather? It might. I don't, and if I it don't does, then why don't we know that? Why do we just know that it's beautiful? Well, they do say, uh, what is it? Uh, red at night, sailor's delight. Red yeah. in the yeah. morning, sailor's warning. Yeah. But a red sunrise could look beautiful. Yeah. Although it, it brings disaster. Yeah, exactly. Well, but you still know what's going to happen. That I has guess. survival value. Yeah. But why not all red sunsets are beautiful, in my opinion. And some are some are beautiful, but some are more beautiful than mm-hmm. others. And some aren't even red and are beautiful. Well, is it yeah. you know contingent on what the sun looks like, or is it contingent on what the um, surrounding looks like? Because if it's good, it both. If I it's would say. good land that would be beneficial for you to live on, it's, yeah, maybe that's why it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, the Sahara. I mean, look at the Sahara. It's be- It's gorgeous. Look at those dunes. Yeah. It'll kill you. <laughs> you know. I mean. And poison dart frogs, they're I think they're gorgeous. Yeah. I, I mean, don't well, you? Well, but they they evolved to try and trick you into thinking they look cool, so you touch them. I thought they did it as a warning, so you, that you don't touch them. Well, it is, but if you touch them, you die, right? Yeah. So it's like they they can look that way because it has survival value because you know something about it. Yeah. Not because of it's good or bad. It's just you know whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Or you know something about it. Or maybe they evolved around our perception of beauty. How would that happen? <laughs> well, so if frogs get killed by people all the time and, and then these frogs are poisonous, it doesn't matter if they look beautiful, right? No, it doesn't. So why are they beautiful? Well, because they can without happen- being killed. They can without being killed. All like, other frogs what? are like ugly, they don't so you don't camouflage. touch them. Oh. That's what yeah. I'm getting from this. Oh, well, why would we want to kill something that's beautiful? I don't know, because we're murderers. <laughs> kill all the so, things. But, I'm, but what I'm saying is, if it's beautiful, I feel like it would survive better, because you'd be like, oh, wow, beauty, and leave it. But I guess other things would just be like, um... You know, mm-hmm. because it's not poisonous or anything. So, yeah, I guess that's that's one thing, I suppose. But it's not evolving around our perception of beauty. Yeah, It's I just evolving because it can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I think that's a that's at least a good argument against evolution, I suppose, or at least mm-hmm. traditional evolution. Yeah, I don't know. Not necessarily in favor of God. I mean, you could you could argue that God gave us beauty because he wanted us to enjoy his creation so there's that argument but it's not really provable necessarily and then there's just so many other things too like i mean i guess there's a reason why flowers are beautiful you can make that argument um why is trying to think what is i mean there's all kinds of beautiful things that have no survival value in my opinion like a like a well a car I mean, cars are beautiful, <laughs> yeah. and they we didn't they just happened a hundred well, years ago. But is that know? is that? I think that is we built cars to be beautiful. To be beautiful. Yeah. Okay. There's so there's we that. had the framework, and we 
hacked it we so we fit, could sell the car. Yeah, we fit the yeah yeah that's that's how yeah, yeah you're right you're right you're right yeah so but why okay why is the car this question still stands I think because why is the car beautiful because there's nothing really in nature that the car emulates to be beautiful. What is the framework? And because there are objectively beautiful things, like you can't say it's all subjective because there are definitely beautiful yeah. things. Well, so mm. I don't know if it's, you don't think I'm not sure about that because it's almost like, yes, maybe everyone would consider it to be beautiful. But like, if there was one person that say didn't like it, then, you know, like just because the majority of people would yeah. consider it beautiful there might be one person and right that that'd destroys. be like I don't I don't really like that yeah and, and then, then that, that destroys the makes it all makes it all subjective. subjective yeah I don't know yeah but they're just rebelling against the objective standard possibly you know possibly I mean we do that with morality and there's yeah. objective standards there unless so there's not <laughs> it's it's interesting I actually uh, I saw this recently they scientist was talking about snakes and he's like yeah so anyone who tells you they're not scared of snakes they're if like their initial like reaction to a snake is fear so Mm -hmm. if they tell you that they're not afraid of snakes Mm -hmm. they're lying to you and probably themselves Mm -hmm. like you can tell yourself you're not afraid of snakes and when you see a snake you freak out at first but then you're like okay it's just a snake Right? Yeah. But your initial mm, reaction to snakes is always fear. You think yeah. so? I mean, how do you know that? They've tested, like, brain circuits and Even which ones oh. indicate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's like... That'd be him basically conditioning himself over years. Yeah. To yeah. Not to not. Be. But you're naturally... Like, you're naturally, when you're a baby, yes. you're scared of snakes. Yeah. And that's universally true. I think it's safe, it's safe to say that. That's I'm not 100% sure about that. Because, well, I think it's almost, it could be, uh, you could argue that it's like a startle, like it's a, like a more of a surprise just because of snakes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I I think your reaction when it's a snake versus when it's a a person, a mouse or a person, although mice, I think have fear in them too, like. A person probably would be well. Even people are even predators. Like you got to pick something that's not a predator. So mice are predators. I mean, well, they're harmful. They're harmful. They carry yeah. diseases. But I feel like, stuff. like I just saw a mouse today, and I don't even think I was startled by it. I was just like, oh wow, there's a mouse, and I wanted to kill it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. But maybe um, that's just because I've conditioned myself. Maybe not like to be. birds or something would be really. You wouldn't. Yeah, but them. I'm. Yeah, but could that be? I've definitely I mean, been scared, of, but I, I guess I'm not always scared. That could of birds. be talked like through conditioning, because birds yeah. are so common to see. It's just like okay, no big deal. Yeah, but when a, where it's a baby and a bird shows up, they might get scared. Yeah, you know? what's this thing floating in the air? Yeah, not because it's a bird, but because it was startling. It was. Yeah. It was just scared them. Like maybe, maybe if a baby saw a snake far away and it saw it coming, it wouldn't even care. You know, but. But I fear of snakes is conditioned into us because snakes are disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about... I guess I don't know about that, but I guess if well, he's a scientist... I maybe think he knows they, like, had been testing <laughs> stuff, and they say, yeah. like, 
people's initial reaction to snakes is always fear, and then they'll like calm down if they're like somewhat used to them. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah people who say they're not afraid of them will react, and then they're like, even calm. if not visibly, just in. And the I would brain, assume they did they controls react. where they did something other than a snake to yeah. try oh, and yeah. scare them. But like, what about walking through a museum or not a museum? Like a zoo or something. I think your initial, when you first see the snake, you're like, whoa, that's a snake. And then you're like, oh. I don't, I don't know, know about, about that. Because there's a piece of glass. seeing and... it behind the glass and it's yeah. not startling or, or well, anything. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's another thing there. if you see the sign and it says snake and you're expecting to see a snake when you look into the snake pen. First. So yeah, it's so unexpected. So it's so surprise. it's a startle. Yeah, it's not a snake. It's a startle maybe, maybe response. Not. But so. it's a startle response at a snake Versus a startle response to something else, I think. I suppose, but I... Because snakes... Your brain identifies snakes as predators. You I think? think? Is what he gets at. That's what I he's suppose. saying, but I don't yeah. know about that. Because I feel like it's... Oh, yeah. S- yeah, snakes maybe did that startle response, but because snakes are startling. Because they just come out of the grass and they're all of a sudden right there, you know? Because that's how snakes are. Yeah. But I feel like if a bird... Like a pheasant, I'm... I jump every time a pheasant jumps out at me, you know? Yeah. And that's because it's startling. And it's yeah. not because I'm scared of pheasants at all. It's just because I, I was know. like, what the heck? Yeah, so right. I feel like I feel like that's probably what it is. And they just mistook snakes because that's snake's nature is to be startling. I don't know. I'd have to look into it. But. Yeah. I don't know. That seems more big brain to me. but But maybe that's just me trying to convince myself. That, that I'm not scared, I'm of, not snakes. scared of snakes <laughs> and they're not right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Hmm. All right. Are there any other arguments we want to go over yet? Well, there's the morality argument. We we don't have to get into it. I don't. Care. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. It's like, well, I'll just say it real quick, and we're not gonna argue it or whatever. But if you can't be, there's no reason to be moral. If there's not a higher power enforcing this moral order on the world. So, and moral, we all know what moral means, which, where did that come from? Evolution. But we know what moral means and there's an objective moral standard, but there's no reason to believe in that objective moral standard without some sort of supernatural being saying that that's the case for our world. Yeah. That's the argument. And I think that's, that's a pretty compelling argument. Yeah. There's so, some things, but the only thing that I've ever like thought was even reasonable against that yeah. is the argument that morality is based on your benefit. Yeah, your is, species benefit. No, not even that. Not even that. Your benefit. Well, how could that be? Because there's so many moral things that are detrimental well, to is, me. Maybe it is because I mean you you're supposed to you know. Be willing, like morality says, be willing to at least risk your life to save someone else. Yeah, and that's completely against but, survival. Yeah, it is. But like, there are a lot of um, moral things that if you do, it's reciprocal, and people will react way better later in the future. Does that make sense? Like, I guess, but how it's in to the your world benefit to be moral? Yeah, but, I just how in the world did self sacrifice. I don't know. Come to us through evolution. I mean, that seems... Because, okay, yeah, maybe people would be more willing, but I can't I can't get that reciprocation if I'm dead, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I don't know how that ever would have evolved. Well, and even if that's... 
I mean, there's, so there's an argument. Can, if you can get, like, one tribe of people to all have the same genes, and they what? all have that as oh yeah basis, I see what you're saying. That tribe survives better because one person's willing to risk themselves for the rest of them. Yeah, so it's a species argument. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. So it's like, you as an individual doesn't matter as much as your species matters. Yeah. So the species survived because the individuals in the species were willing to sacrifice for others mm-hmm. for the greater, greater good. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I know what you're talking about. That, that is the most compelling counter argument. I think that it's not about you. It's about yeah. the species. And there's still like some things we do morally, like that don't line up with that. Like, but, well, individualism. Yeah. I mean, we find that moral and that's, that goes against the species argument. Yeah. So have you ever gone through the argument um, of like, so, cause this was a big deal during like the middle ages when philosophers started questioning. So if God said it was moral to kill someone, mm-hmm. should you be killing people? Right. Like people have a problem yeah. saying yes. That's when, so Aquinas developed natural law theory. Mm-hmm. But then that was kind of rebutted because it didn't actually work quite correctly because it doesn't work very well for evolutionists, right? Oh, like they had the well, same natural problems. law. Is that the same natural law that like? Um, so like God created morality for your like your benefit. Yeah, that's natural law theory. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like natural law, like common law. It's something else. No. Okay. It'd be like, so like, for, you know, the benefit of people, it's better if you don't steal stuff from each other. Like, you'll all benefit if you yeah. all follow that rule. Yeah. And that's what morality is, mm-hmm. would be the argument. Yeah. But there are some holes because, like, he, I forget what Aquinas said the criteria were. It was like, um, it was... Reproduction was like one of the major things, um, survival and some other stuff mm-hmm. that's like, these are the things that like the laws are derived for, mm-hmm. but there were some like rape didn't really work because that's reproduction. That's reproduction. Yeah. So, so why is rape? Bad? Why is that bad? Yeah. But yeah, honestly there's evolution can't really answer that. Yeah. Cause evolution says just have as many possible offspring as you can. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you rape people? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's kind of a... Although I think there might be an argument that um, child development is better if there's a parent. So yeah. monogamy yeah. might be better. Well, that's definitely true. So that's why rape. Because the, the species that raped each other didn't do as well. Yeah. I guess. I suppose. I mean, that seems a little bit far-fetched to me, but I I suppose after millions of years, maybe that would average out. I don't know. I don't know either. Because even, like, somewhat recently, there were still cultures that raped a lot. Yeah, and it was considered good. Kind of okay, yeah. 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 Well, and there's cultures that believe in, you know, headhunting and revenge and and stuff like that, ritual killings. uh, Ireland had a really weird... Laws. So Ireland? Yeah. Like 
You're talking like the Celts or yes, like before St. Patrick. Not even not Ireland. So Iceland. Oh, Sorry. Iceland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, like yeah. People from like uh, Scandinavia and yeah, whatnot. Okay. They had like oh, their laws were, um, you could kill anyone you wanted to, but you had to pay like a certain dollar amount to their family. <laughs> oh yeah. And if you didn't. Nothing happened other than the family had the right to hunt you down and kill you. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that's it was, actually... It was just acceptable that you could kill someone. Yeah. You just had to be willing to either pay a dollar amount or be on the run the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, like, that's no. kind of... I mean, that kind of thinking is actually... It's got common roots with our common law. You know, I mean, because the, the Vikings actually created Normandy... And then mm-hmm. Normandy invaded England, and that's where we get a lot of our laws. Is they actually came to us through the Vikings and also the Anglo Saxons, but they're kind of all common descent. And so our laws, well, and even French, some, but yeah, 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 kind of, and and the Romans. Also, I mean, there's a lot of influence. Our language is so weird because yeah. of the Normans. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like as soon as something dies, the name changes. Like pork and pork, pork and, beef and, and beef and pig. Okay, and so cow. This is. What do you call chicken when it's killed? Poultry. No, it's still chicken. Oh, right? yeah. well, I would call I it poultry. Still, what? Poultry well, but it's poultry is still alive. alive. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's that's true, too. What the world? Cow is cow, it's, but as soon as you kill it, it's beef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pig is pig. As soon as you kill it, it's pork. Yeah. That's like, true. It's because the Normans were yeah. the royalty, so they, they didn't work with the animals, but mm-hmm. as soon as they ate it. They called, they it, called it beef and pork. Yeah. So yeah. we say, oh, yeah, it's cow, but as soon as we kill it, oh, yeah, now it's pork. Yeah, because like it trickled down on the common yeah. people. Yeah, cow turns to pork. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I'm tired. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I guess that is it was a good tangent to end on. <laughs> sure. Pork and beef. <laughs> All right. This concludes the episode. Thank you for listening.